You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College episode 218. Letitia Tyler. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So Ben, for somebody who wasn't president a full term, John Tyler, he had a lot of people helping him in the role of first lady. And that first first lady in the Tyler administration was Letitia Tyler. So we're going to talk a bit about her and then their daughter-in-law in this episode. It's kind of like John Tyler's, the ladies of John Tyler's lives week this week on the podcast. Um, yeah, there's a lot that can be said about John Tyler, especially with all of the stuff that's going on in modern times. Um, you know, John Tyler, probably not a very popular president if he were in office today, but that's irrelevant. Yeah, that's probably a heated subject that would be great for another podcast to cover. Yeah. So Letitia Christian Tyler was born on November 12th, 1790 in Cedar Grove Plantation, which is in New Kent County, Virginia. Yeah, and she was born to Robert Christian, who was not only a planter, but he was also a member of the Virginia House of Delegates. He was also a Federalist Party presidential elector candidate. So, you know, he was a little bit politically involved and it kind of makes sense that his daughter would marry a future president. And her mother was named Mary Eaton Brown Christian. We don't know exactly how many brothers and sisters she had. Uh, some sources claim that maybe she had up to 12 in the family. And uh, we only know of six others besides her total, uh, at least what we, we know their names, but we don't actually know when they were born or when they died or anything like that. So yeah, a little bit of a mystery in that sense. Yeah. And her life before marriage is a bit of a mystery, but what we can surmise is that coming from a wealthy family and her father's involvement in the Federalist Party and being an elector and all that good stuff, that they were probably, you know, typical Virginia plantation life people. They probably enjoyed indoor activities like sewing and embroidery and uh, entertaining guests and having kind of that lifestyle that you would think where they would have these balls at their house or out in town and host receptions and that type of thing. So at the age of 22, she marries John Tyler, who's a lawyer and a member of the Virginia House of Delegates. 
Yeah, and they get married at her father's plantation. It's called Cedar Grove. And they'd actually met previously on a plantation that were... Uh, that was near the Christian's household, and it was a private party and everything like that. And uh, they got engaged, and they were engaged for about five years, and then they got married. And it was weird because uh, the letters that we have that went back and forth and everything beforehand said that Letitia was kind of a little bit conservative and maybe didn't show a lot of affection, and that wouldn't have necessarily been unusual in that time period, uh, but it was enough for historians to write about it in a little bit of a, a sense. Uh, there's a, it's actually said that they didn't uh, kiss at all before their wedding and that Tyler first kissed her on the hand three weeks before their wedding. So he must not have been able to contain himself at that point. I know. Sneaky guy, that rascal. So the restraint that they showed before their marriage was definitely gone after uh, they said their nuptials because they had seven children. They had three sons and four daughters. So shortly after they marry, her parents die and they left their inheritance to her. And this benefited the Tylers greatly because John was able to pursue a career in public service. He was elected to the U.S. Congress after three years of marriage, where he served from 1817 to 1821, and they began moving into larger homes. So they what they ended up happening is they lived at Greenway, which was where Tyler was raised. So John Tyler is a senator, and during this time, Letitia goes to Washington, D.C., and she's there for kind of like the social season during that time. And, you know, John Quincy Adams is still there. And it, it turns over to Andrew Jackson and his crazy inauguration. And, well, you know, that's when he first gets the name Andy Jack after all. So uh, all that good stuff. <laughs> and we still don't know a ton about her, uh, but we do know that after John Tyler resigned from the Senate in 1836, they moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. And a few years later, in 1839, uh, Letitia actually suffers a stroke, which she becomes partially paralyzed from. Uh, she's not able to get around real well, and um, we don't have a lot of evidence that she was able to enjoy that same social scene that she had before that stroke happened and before that illness. So, uh, yeah, kind of a sad thing. John Tyler actually chooses to do a lot of his work from home so he could be near her and help her in the things that she needed. Yeah. Good thing they had the best internet access that they could have. True. So he could, yeah. you know, get behind the computer, but uh, just kidding. You purists who are just now listening to this podcast for the very <laughs> first time, we're, we're joking. So a year after her stroke, John Tyler is selected to become a part of the Whig presidential ticket alongside William uh -huh. Henry Harrison. We know that story, but Harrison wins and Tyler comes along to Washington too. And well, you know, Harrison dies just a month after being in office. So what we do know about Letitia Tyler during this whole time of John Tyler rising to the presidency is that she still 
directed the management of her home, even after the stroke. And from her bed, she would say, you know, do this and do that, have people come in. Uh, She would spend a lot of time reading her Bible and prayer books, and she was very interested in her children and what they were doing and their spouses and the new grandkids that were coming into the family. Uh, She was there uh, for her family, uh, despite her being very immobile because of the stroke. Yeah, and during this time where she's immobile, there is a mob that surrounds the house. And this is in uh, August of 1841. You know, they're out there blowing horns and banging drums and uh, burning President Tyler in effigy and all stuff like that. Well, she gets pretty agitated about this. And she's also always agitated over the fact that he wasn't great with money. So he let her or asked her or whatever you want to call it to take care of things or she took it upon herself to do so. And at this time too, Congress is like, hey, um, President, you're not going to be able to get any money from us. You're going to have to pay all your expenses out of your own pocket. So she had to deal with that as well. So they're not exactly really rich or anything, and she's laid up and unable to do a lot of this stuff, and so those kind of things wear on her. Uh, The only time we ever really know that she made a public appearance, or at least intentionally a public appearance, uh, was whenever her daughter, Elizabeth, married uh, William and Waller. And it's possible that she went out and about more than that, but that's the only time we know of. It seems pretty uh, common knowledge at that time that she was always upstairs in her room. Yeah, so later on in the year of 1842, she suffered a second stroke. Uh, She was still able to speak, uh, according to a letter that John Tyler had written to his daughter, Mary. And the First Lady requested that Mary and her family would consider moving to the White House, or at least come by. And then in August of 1842, there was another correspondence asking uh, to see her son Robert and his wife Priscilla. They were up visiting in New York some family of Priscilla's, and by the time they got back to the White House, well, Letitia had passed away. Um, she did pass away in the in the White House. Interestingly enough, I didn't realize this. Ben, there have been three first ladies to have passed away in the White House. So we will unfortunately be talking about that in the future. But uh, she was holding a rose in her hand and she was looking for her son as she was dying and unfortunately yeah. didn't get it's to see him. A, yeah. It's, Man. Well, <laughs> what happens after that is that we need, well, we don't need, but it's custom to have another hostess or hostess in general for the White House. And this person is going to be Priscilla Cooper Tyler. So like we mentioned before, Priscilla was married to Robert, the Tyler's son, and she serves as the hostess from April of 1841, uh, while um, Mrs. Tyler was uh, incapacitated all the way to the spring of 1843. Uh, Just a little bit of history about her. Uh, She was a northerner, came from New York, and she was known to have charmed the likes of members of Napoleon's family 
and Charles Dickens. And uh, she initiated the summer Marine Band concerts uh, on the White House South Lawn. You yeah. might want to say she was a professional actress or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and she was actually a professional actress. Uh, this is the only uh, actress to serve in the White House, uh, at least until that point. And certainly uh, for a long time after that, Nancy Reagan was the next one. And we know that was uh, in the 1980s. So she was a daughter of a pretty famous actor and uh, had kind of a, a previous history with the profession at that point. So it it was, I wouldn't say scandalous, but it certainly wasn't not scandalous for that to be the case. Uh, she was playing Desdemona in Othello, and Robert Tyler, John Tyler's son, you know, really likes her performance. He comes backstage to meet her, and they kind of hit it off pretty quickly. They get married in 1839 in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And Letitia actually really likes Priscilla. Uh, she doesn't really have any problem with the fact that she's an actress, even though it's kind of scandalous, like I said. Uh, she wasn't able to go to the wedding or anything like that, uh, but she certainly uh, was very fond of her. So Priscilla is a very public character in the White House as hostess. She goes on an official presidential tour during the summer of 1843. And this was the first time that any president traveled around the country with a female member of his family as a part of his official party. So this was considered, well, I don't know if scandalous, but definitely out of the norm. And she and her husband uh, were recognized at a public banquet and reception in Baltimore. And they were also welcomed in New York, where thousands, like 40,000 people came out to cheer them. So they were very much celebrities. So she also was the first official hostess of the White House to give birth during her tenure. And uh, her second child, Letitia, was born in 1843. Uh, while she was hostess. So Robert Tyler, her husband, moves to Philadelphia in March of 1844. And because of this, Priscilla moves away with her. Kind of makes sense. And the president's daughter, Letitia, or Letty, ends up assuming the role of hostess. So this is another short but important role and person to play this role for a little while. So Letty's time as the White House hostess, was pretty brief. It was only three months. Uh, she was quite shocked when her dad decides that, hey, I don't need you to be my hostess anymore because, <laughs> well, there's a new woman coming to live in the White House. You're getting and, a new mom. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the new lady in John Tyler's life, who isn't really a new lady in his life, but certainly, well, let's just give this part away. She's 30 years younger than John Tyler and he gets married <laughs> to her. I, I couldn't hold it back, but we have a lot of interesting story behind Julia Tyler in the next episode. We hope that you'll head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Even if you listen on a different 
platform other than iTunes, like maybe Overcast or Podcast Addict or something like that, it still really helps us up helps us out when you'll go over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you have an iPhone, the app is just right there. Look us up, give us five stars, leave us a couple sentences. We would really appreciate it. As Jason likes to say, it'll take you like 37.9 seconds. So do it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And you know what else takes only a few seconds? To interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I know a lot of you podcast listeners and you podcast producers are going to be at Podcast Movement this week, and we're not. But... We might attend virtually in one way or another on social media. So uh, be looking for us. Give us a shout out. If you're there, send us pictures. Tell us you're thinking about us and that you love us. And for the rest of you who are hard at work and have recovered from the excitement of the solar eclipse, uh, give us a shout out too. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time.